Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, y'all? Hope you all are having the most amazing day of your life, whatever day this is. I'm recording this on December 1st. Got to get on my podcast game. It's a new month, you know? I try to come out with at least six to eight per month. My minimum is six and then eight even better. Bonus. Today, I'm going to talk about abs are not made in the kitchen. It's going to be a lot about abs and how to get more visible abdominal muscles. And the guidance that I give in this episode will help anyone trying to just burn body fat and reduce the amount of body fat all over your body. But it will definitely... I'm going to have some more direct guidance for abs, training abs, some things that don't help you get abs, and just you know, kind of dispel some myths around having visible abdominal muscles. That six-pack. Going to give some brief updates real quick. I got some exciting things going on, especially going into the new year. Brief life update after that. We're going to get into that and just blow through it here real quick. So Slay, Slay Hormone Solutions, the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy solution, telemedicine that I'm launching it's looking like mid to late December, probably late December at the very latest. We're still hashing some stuff out with our client portal and getting things connected, integrated, rolling. And uh, I meet with the developer team every single day to do that. That's the, the bulk of my work right now is getting Slay launched. And so that is going to be amazing. So those of you who don't know about Slay Hormone Solutions, it is a bioidentical hormone replacement therapy solution completely online. We're opening in seven states and we'll be able to serve women in uh, PCOS, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, um, PMS, hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, you name it. We will serve you. We treat symptoms over numbers. If you've been invalidated, told that you are normal, even though you don't feel fucking normal by a physician, our physicians are trained in uh, hormone therapy. And um, those of you who who don't understand the difference between synthetic hormones and bioidentical hormones, it's very critical to understand that. And I have a lot of information uh, on other podcast episodes and then my content on Instagram and on the Slay Hormone Solutions Instagram. So if you're not already, get on our exclusive email list for Slay. That can be found in the Slay Hormone Solutions Instagram profile. Another update, Slay Bays. I think that's what we're going to call it. I'm, I'm going to start a free SMS, so texting, voice message community where you can get daily voice messages from me this is going to be very, very low cost, um, probably about five, five to seven dollars a month max, and that's going to give you access to personal voice messages from me. When I say personal, you know, to the community, I'm pretty sure I can respond individually as well. But I'm going to, you know, just a lot of information. I just want to give everybody value. Those of you who maybe are not in a place to invest in our full program, I want to help you win. So I'm going to start that community, be launching that beginning of the year. So look out for that. Be super exciting. I, I'm just okay. So here, here's why I'm. Here's the main reason why I'm launching this. We were. Was at, at, uh, if you guys saw the farmers market videos I did recently, there's a lady there who was like, "I would love to have you uh, as my alarm clock every morning." And it got me thinking, and I was like, "What if I could just send an emotional support Viking message in the morning?" Good morrow, Sharon. <laughs> Apollo has lifted his skirt. It's time to attack the day. Get your steps in. Eat your protein. Go forth and conquer. And don't put up with fuckboys. You know, something like that. Just give you a morning rousing message from the ESP, along with a lot of good nutrition advice. 
free Facebook group. Just a reminder, I have a free Facebook group. Totally free 99. Go in there. The link to join that is in my Instagram profile link, Maverick Online Coaching Instagram. And I just I go live in there. I do Q&As. I give access to things first to that community, aside from our, our full-time clients, obviously. But uh, I do have that free Facebook group available. It's a great place. Lots of positivity in there. Lastly, uh, one other thing I'm working on is a low-cost, uh, very high-value course where I'm going to give a lot of uh, just multiple modules on you know, the, my best information. So thyroid, gut health, metabolism, hormones, training, nutrition. All this will be made available in a sequential course that you can take and get a shit ton of value directly from me. I'm, gonna, I'm creating that as we speak. It's also going to have an exclusive video in it. And this is not me grifting, by the way. I get, gosh, I hate that word. This is not me. This is not fluff, right? Those of you who have been following me for a long time know that I give a shit ton of value. That is what has given me the platform that I have. And this is another way to do that. Um, there's going to be a video in there that I recorded. It is a course on body composition, 30 minutes long. I put the captions on it. And it's a course I gave my coaching team on body composition. So it's very in-depth for those of you who want a more advanced guide on what it takes to change body composition, how to structure your macros, how to structure your meals, your training, and do so in a very effective way so you're not wasting your time. I It's a 30-minute just blast, just a value blast for 30 minutes. That will be available in that course. And that's the only place I'm making that available. So all that exciting going into the new year, really, really. And there's so much other things going on as well within MOC and uh, with Slave Hormones. So 2024 is going to be a, a crazy year. Again, <laughs> this year was crazy. Um, Life updates. Yeah. So let's see. We just got through Thanksgiving, took the boys up to my family. Oh, both families, actually. I met my fiance's family, Haley's family, her mother and, and siblings. And she met my parents and my sister, my half sister. And I'll just call her my sisters. I think half sister sounded dumb, but my sister and her two nieces, daughters, my nieces, <laughs> her two daughters, my two nieces. Um, so lots of family was met over the holidays. We went on a cruise actually for my birthday. My birthday is the 21st of November. And turned 34. We went on a cruise. That was an experience. We had a blast. Don't get me wrong. Like We had an absolute blast. We actually had too much of a blast. The, the second day we were on the cruise, we went carnival. I think... Wasn't that what it was? I don't know. I think it was carnival. And we went to the Bahamas. And the second day we were there, my birthday, we went to Coco Cay. And we got absolutely shammered. We got so drunk that we passed out at 4.30 p.m. You guys can probably hear Weston in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I'm past where I, when I should be recording this because this is when our boys are both awake. Anyway, yeah, so we got absolutely plastered and passed out at 4.30, woke up at 9, and then our sleep was fucked up for the rest of the trip. Had a great time. But I will say that we both mutually decided, we were like, okay, we went hard this cruise. We did the things that like most people do on cruise, which is get drunk all day and eat all day and not work out. Next cruise, we're going to structure a little different. We're going to get up and go to the gym. Then we may drink in moderation here and there and do our partying at night and try to get enough sleep so that we actually enjoy the cruise and, and don't pass out half the day, right? We went a little too hard. You can't do that in your 30s. I will say this. Here's a hack though. And those a lot of you will probably already know about this. It's becoming more trendy for good reason. Activated charcoal, y'all. Holy shit. You take activated charcoal like before you pass out at night after a day of drinking or a night of drinking, drastically reduces the chances you're going to get a hangover. Just putting it out there. I'm also a fan of NAC and oral glutathione and minerals. Do minerals in between drinks 
put some mineral drops in some water and just chug it, much less likely to get a hangover. And it's going to be healthier for you. So anyway, uh, that cruise was fun. We are... We, so we... I'm just going to put that... I don't know. I can't believe I'm saying this. But we live in Loxahatchee, Florida. We live in South Florida. We live in Loxahatchee, which is like the boonies of South Florida, basically. It's beautiful, but we live out in the middle of... you know Everything, everything is like 30 minutes away. Everything. Right, it's like uh, everything, but there's but there the kids' daycare, which is 15 minutes away, thankfully. But everything else, like grocery store, gym, well, there's a Publix nearby, but there's a like Costco and all that. That's 30 minutes away. We're looking for friends. <laughs> hard to make friends out here, and you know, I, we both work from home, so I it's hard to meet people. That's always been my struggle with meeting dude friends. But you know, we're looking for we're we're looking for couple friends just to hang out with, have shared values, maybe you know, kids, something like that that can get together. And so, yeah, this is my feeler. <laughs> Not anybody in the South Florida area. We're looking for a couple friends, you know? Because, you know, obviously you need connection outside of relationship, outside of marriage. And, and so that's something that we're actively... Haley's... Admittedly, I'm terrible at it. Haley's great at it. Haley's a social butterfly. She makes friends immediately. She's already made three or four friends for us at the new gym that we're at. So that's been awesome. But yeah, just put it out. You know, any... Hey, any, any hot, fresh couples looking for hot, fresh couples... <laughs> Couples looking for couples. Like, that sounds like we're trying to swing. We're not. Dude, step parenting. Man, that is tough. It is tough. We're trying to find our groove there. There's no manual for it, right? And so those of you who have blended families know like, it's easier with, with younger kids because they don't have a bunch of habits set in stone yet. Um, but it's hard for the kids. It's hard for... It's, it's, I'll say it's challenging for the kids. It's challenging for us. It's more challenging for us than it is the kids. I think the kids are very adaptable and they're just like having fun together. Our kids love each other. And they play and they wrestle and they just they're run around. It's just World War Three in our living room constantly. But as parents, disciplining, nutrition habits, sleep patterns, behavior patterns, school, it's just, it's so much that you're trying to, you know, the co-parents, you're trying to just do your best. And we are. And obviously like we, you know, our relationship moved really quickly and we've had to navigate a lot of difficult, challenging things quickly. As a result, we came out unscathed <laughs> thus far. But that's just the reality of what we decided to do. And it's taken a lot of just transparent, open, honest communication, sometimes very challenging. And that's one of those things. But we're, you know, crushing it. It's tough sometimes, but we're crushing it. You know, sharing the discipline role is tough. Seeing someone else discipline your kid is tough. And then just, I I have no advice other than just be willing to have compassionate conversation and compassionate mutual openness to one another's perspective and experience. And that goes for everything, but especially your kids, because our kids are our soft spots, right? And so, you know, for me, like Denver is little me in many ways. And I try to protect little me when I'm protecting Denver. And uh, a lot of you can relate. And I'm not, this isn't to say I'm protecting from my partner, obviously, just in general, from the world and from bullying and from it's just so it's tough. It's like you you opening up your world and your kid's world to another child's world and your partner's world. You know that's blending families. So those of you out there doing that, you know, shout out, kudos. It is not easy, and I have a, a lot of compassion for you all doing that. Being a parent is already difficult, let alone blending families. And so you know, we're just we're doing our best, and I think we're doing a good job. Let's get into it. So abs are not made in the kitchen. What do I mean by that? Well, you hear that all the time. Abs are made in the kitchen. You know, you can't try, you can do all the sit-ups in the world, but if you're not eating right, those abs won't show. And that's true. But the statement is kind of misleading. It should be abs are made visible in the kitchen. They aren't made in the kitchen, right? I mean, when we get really technical, everyone's born with abdominal muscles and your genetics 
determine a lot of, mm, to an extent, how visible they'll be. Because everyone has genetics on, you know, like how predisposed you are to store body fat in certain areas, right? And some of us are, are more blessed than others when it comes to that. But genetics really determine how they look. Not all abs look the same. If you've seen people like lean people, like take 10 different guys who are really lean or women, whatever, guys or women, it's just more obviously less common for women to have abdominal muscles genetically. But if you just take 10 people and you compare abdominal muscles, just looking at them aesthetically, they're all different. Some are stacked higher, some are lower. Some people have an eight pack, some people have a four pack. Some people, you know, they, they're, they're like mine are kind of uh, offset. Mine look like bricks more so than. They do like straight up, you know, like symmetrical abs. There's like mine are kind of offset, like my left one's higher than my right one and so forth and so forth. So like genetics determine how they are structured, like just from an aesthetic visual standpoint. They also determine, you know, your genetics also determine how easy it's going to be for you in general to have visible ab muscles. So let's, you know, take a breath of, of relief knowing that sometimes genetics are working against you when it comes to having visible ab muscles. Now, that doesn't mean that you change the process in order to get visible abdominal muscles or to reduce body fat in general. You don't change the process. The process is exactly the same. It may take you longer or it may be more difficult for you or you may have to be in a caloric deficit for longer than someone who is more naturally leaner. Absolutely. But the process is the same. The length of the process is what varies. The intensity of the process is what varies in terms of the length and the lengths you have to go in order to see visible ab muscles, if that's your goal. Not everybody has that goal. And I will say, abs are overrated. They're overrated. At the end of the day, who gives a shit, right? They're cool. They're like a vanity item. But like, I'm using the visible ab muscles as an example. But the, the reality is we're talking about reducing body fat. How do we burn body fat? Well, I've, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you already know that total daily energy expenditure is something that I've covered multiple times. And what is that? Well, that's the summation of your you know, energy cons consumed versus energy expended, not calories in, calories out. That's one aspect of total daily energy expenditure. But it's basically the summation of all the energy that it takes to run your body and all the energy that you expend with your daily activities and exercise, et cetera, versus how much energy you're consuming. The net balance determines your weight loss or weight gain. Okay. So that is the biggest thing that determines your body composition, your, your, your ability to reduce body fat is your total daily energy expenditure. So if we look at that and a quick breakdown, 70% of your calories expended every day comes from your basal metabolic rate. And that is just your body functioning, you know, respiration, blood circulating, organ, blood pumping, all that stuff. Just running your body, 70%, pretty expensive, right? That category is influenced by your thyroid hormone and your body composition. So your muscle to fat ratio, muscle's more calorically expensive. So basically, if you have more muscle, it's more expensive to run your body. It takes more fuel, right? So people with more muscle, like your boy, you know, I can sit here and burn 3,000 calories a day <laughs> just running my body. Right. So I have to eat a lot more calories and, and, and really protein in order to preserve that muscle tissue than someone who has less muscle tissue. Okay. So that is 70%. 15% is your non exercise activity. So just walking, the step count's a big depictor of this, right? Like how much you walk every day is probably the biggest indicator of how active you are in general. 
y'all, I just had to pause my, I just had to pause the recording because Haley brought me French toast and strawberries for breakfast. Oh my God. Oh, we're going to take a commercial break while I consume these, these carbohydrates. No, dude, that's, no one's ever made me breakfast. No one's ever made me breakfast. Do you know how fucking amazing, like incredible it is for my partner to bring me breakfast? Like that's, dude, I make sure she feels that gratitude every day. If you know what I mean? I've, I make sure she feels gratitude for this breakfast. Cause if you've never had someone like make food for you and then all of a sudden someone's making food and it's delicious food and just like unprompted while I'm recording a podcast, dude, my life rips. Is there any wonder why she's, why I put a ring on it? Okay. Anyway, non-exercise activity. So step count is the biggest indicator of like how active you are. Right. And there's other indicators, you know, chasing your kids around, like changing diapers, you know, breastfeeding, beating your husband. Uh, I always use that example. Cause I mean, that, that burns a lot, a lot, right. You know, yelling at the customer service rep at Macy's, whatever it is, that's your non-exercise activity. Okay. That's 15%. That's a big category. And Mind you, all these categories can be higher or lower based on your lifestyle, your overall lifestyle. That's why when people say the cringy, it's not a, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Okay. Lifestyle is how you live, right? And so that's why these categories can be higher or lower depending on how you live your life. 10% is, uh, the thermic effect of food. So we do burn calories digesting food. What takes the most amount of calories to digest? Protein. Protein has the highest thermic effect of food. So the higher, the more protein you consume, the more calories you shall burn digesting that protein. That's why I'm so, that's one reason why I'm so big on protein. And then lastly, 5%, the remaining 5% is exercise. And that one blows everyone's minds because they're like, oh, but if I want to burn calories, I want to exercise more. Well, I mean, yeah, but to the smallest extent, what are you doing outside of the gym? How are you, how are you eating? What's your nutrition like? What's your sleep like? What is your step count like? That is going to be the biggest lever of your uh, your burning body fat over time versus your exercise. And if your exercise is something that doesn't make a shit's bit of difference, like cardio, if that's your primary mode of exercise, guess what? You're going to have a hard time because that doesn't really burn a lot of, of body fat because it doesn't build muscle tissue. Muscle tissue helps you burn more body fat over time because as we said in the 70% category, muscle tissue is more calorically expensive. So if you're not doing anything in your exercise category that's building muscle, you need to. I'm not saying don't do cardio, but in addition to your cardio, make sure you're lifting weights, okay? So that's a brief breakdown of TDE, okay? Now, in addition to your lifestyle, your energy balance, okay? Oh, and, and just to cap that off, right? If you combine all of that, that's your energy expenditure, okay? That's how we burn. That's how we expend energy, Okay. That huge breakdown, that was how we expend energy. Now, if you consume energy, aka calories, if the amount of calories you consume outweighs the energy you expend, right? If it's more than the energy you expend in those all those categories, you're going to gain weight over time. Now, if, if it's more than if the energy you consume is more than the energy you expend consistently over time. Meaning, if you do it one day, if, if one day or two days or even three days, your energy consumed is greater than your energy expended, you won't, and, and that doesn't mean that you're going to gain weight. If over the course of four to six months, you consistently consume more calories than you expend, that is when you will gain weight. 
And so I need to make that big disclaimer because a lot of people think that one or two days will set them back. It's not one or two days that sets you back. It's what you do cumulatively over time. You are the summation of your habits over time. And so that's why I can go on a cruise and binge like a motherfucker for a week and nothing happens. Because for the last 20 20 plus years, I have lived a certain way. Same for Haley, right? We can both go be eat like assholes on a cruise for, I said seven days. It was more like four days. But then come back and get right back on track and just keep it moving. And you can too. I'm not telling you to go, go ball of the wall on a cruise. That's, I'm not saying that's healthy. I'm not saying that's advisable. I will never do it again because it was terrible. I felt horrible. But my point is that you are the summation of what you do over time. And so that's key to keep in mind. You want to add, If you want to lose body fat, you have to be in an energy deficit consistently. Meaning, if over the course of, let's say, a month, if 10 of the days out of the month, you were in an energy surplus, meaning you consume more, more energy than you expended, but 20 of the days you were in an energy deficit, for the month, you averaged a deficit. So you will lose weight. You will lose body fat. Okay? Important to understand that. Take some pressure off being perfect every day, right? Because that's not realistic. If you want to be perfect every day, become a robot. Now, how else do we burn fat? cumulatively. That is important to remember. Cumulatively, all over our body, you cannot spot burn, meaning you can't burn fat directly in your belly. You can't burn fat directly in your in the back, excuse me, in the back of your arms. You can't burn fat directly in your neck. <laughs> you burn fat cumulatively. I always give this example. Imagine a town where it rains really hard and it floods. Sun comes out. All the water evaporates at once, but the areas with the most water, the the biggest puddles, take the longest to evaporate. Those are your problem areas. So it's not that you haven't done the right diet or you haven't done the right workout or you haven't done the right cleanse, especially. Fuck cleanses. Those are big wastes of money. Only thing lose weight. The only thing, the only weight you'll lose from a cleanse is in your wallet, by the way, or detox or any fat loss supplement. Okay. You burn fat cumulatively over your top. So, so when you are in an energy deficit consistently, you start to lose body fat everywhere. And your easy areas, for most of us, that's like our limbs, our legs, and our arms. For most of us, not everybody. Everybody's different. We store body fat differently. And that's due to genetics and hormones uh, to a lesser degree. Post-menopause, it becomes a more a higher likelihood that you're going to store body fat in certain areas, especially menopause, because you lose certain types of estrogen. There are different types of estrogen. You, you lose a, a specific uh, type of estrogen from produced in the ovaries during menopause. And that's going to lead to those receptors for those, the receptor for the site for those, that specific estrogen is in the abdominal area. And that's why we get the menopause belly. It's the absence of that hormone. That's a whole other thing. Right now we're talking about just in general, outside of menopause, everybody else, you burn fat all over your entire body. It's, it's happening everywhere. As you burn fat, if you're consistently in an energy deficit, right? It goes back to, are you consistently doing it? Okay. Not perfect, just consistently. You burn fat everywhere. And then the, the, the more, the bigger the puddle, the higher body fat you're storing in those problem areas, the longer it's going to take to burn from that area. So you just have to stay in an energy deficit long enough for that body fat to go away. Now, what problem do people run into? Well, they start to lose their butt, they start to lose their boobs, and they give up because they're like, oh, well, I want to lose this belly, but I also want to have a butt. And then they give up. And they weren't in the energy deficit long enough in order to burn that last little bit. Okay. You can do it. It just takes a long time. And most people aren't willing to be patient enough for that to happen. What are things, what are some things that people do to attempt to speed up the process? Fasted cardio. Let me tell you something. It's not that fasted cardio is worse. It's that it's not better. 
So here's how this breaks down. When you do fasted cardio, you do burn more fat. And when I say fat, I mean the macronutrient fat you get from food. You burn more fat as fuel during fasted cardio. You burn less fat the rest of your day as a result. When you do fed cardio, meaning you have some stuff in your belly, you burn less fat as fuel during the cardio. You burn more fat the rest of the day. The net difference between fasted and fed cardio is zero. Key to remember. Key to remember. So you can do fasted cardio. That's fine. It's just not more beneficial than fed cardio. So just do what works best for you. Carb cycling. You're literally just eating different amounts of calories on different days. That doesn't speed up the process. The net difference between a carb cycling and someone who just does a regular calorie deficit with eating the same macros every day, zero. Net difference is zero. So if, if it works better for your lifestyle, great. It's not more effective for fat loss. Same as fasted cardio versus fed cardio. Waist trainers, they don't do shit. Just going to leave it at that. There's no scientific evidence that waist trainers burn any more fat than not using one. Any visual difference you get from a waist trainer is going to be negated instantly after your workout when you regain that subcutaneous water. Saunas, exact same thing. Go in a sauna, weigh yourself before a sauna, right? Now go do it. Come out. Oh, you're two pounds lighter? Drink a bottle of water. You just erase what you did in the sauna. It's all water, okay? Fat burners, do nothing. There are, outside of some performance-enhancing drugs, there are no, there's nothing you can put in your body that will make you burn fat. Right now, we can talk about the GLP-1 agonist, but that's not a fat burner. That's I'm talking about fat burning supplements. And even with the GLP-1 agonist, like I always say, my disclaimer is you cannot inject a lifestyle. So unless you got some lifestyle on that syringe, just remember, as soon as you're off that drug, rubber's going to hit the road. Probably going to gain all that weight back if you have not implemented lifestyle changes as well. Training abs. How do we train them? You do have to train them for many reasons. Good for your lower back. Good for, to good to have a strong core. But how do you train them? I, this is something that is fiercely debated in the fitness community, but my opinion is you don't want to do any side bends or twists, especially weighted. Your, your obliques are a muscle. And if you use heavy weight with them, they will grow. You don't want your obliques, the side abs, to grow because if they do, you look like a Lego woman. Picture all the professional CrossFit women. Some people love the way they look. They're not aesthetically pleasing for the most part because they have to use those oblique muscles a lot to lift heavy ass weight. So if you don't want to look like a Lego woman or a Lego person, a Lego man or woman, and that's fine. If you do, great. I'm not saying that's like worse. I'm just saying aesthetically, if you don't want more developed obliques, don't train them heavy. Okay. So just avoid heavy side bends and side twists. Only forward or backward. So leg raises, planks. You can, I would recommend like unweighted. If you want to do them unweighted, fine. Just don't do enough weight to where they're going to hypertrophy and grow. So, you know, leg raises, crunches, sit-ups, uh, crunch machine, planks, stuff like that. That's more than enough to train your abdominal muscles. You combine that with a consistent energy deficit, that's how you get ab muscles over time. And it takes, a, it ta and look, there are exceptions to this. So you have the, you know, C-sections can sometimes make it hard. The uh, separation of the ab muscles that we see with women who have diastasis recti, right? That can make it harder. Women who have been through, you know, any kind of abdominal surgery, any kind of, you know, tummy tuck or mommy makeover. Sometimes that can change this because you had a cosmetic or surgical disruption to the, ab the abdominal area and that can make it more difficult to, for this to happen. And, and that's a case-by-case -case basis. I'm not saying it's impossible. It just changes the variables, right? You got another variable that will affect some of this. Doesn't mean that the process will not reduce body fat for you, which is the goal, right? Doesn't mean you should stop trying. Doesn't mean you shouldn't live a healthy lifestyle that promotes 
healthy body composition. It just means that you have an extra variable thrown in that might make it visibly a little bit more difficult to have defined abdominal muscles. I hope you got value from this. If you did, let me know. Leave a review. I sent dumbbells to some folks that left reviews already. You'll get those in the mail. Surprise! Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you get a ton of value from what I do because this is why, what, why I'm put on this earth is to help you all progress and win. And I hope I explain it in a way that makes sense. That's what I'm here for. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Have an awesome rest of your day. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.